0: Hi, it's Emma Bell here. Um, Firstly, uh, what can I tell you about all those movies? Let's see, Frozen, Adam Green is a brilliant man. Um, We had such a fun time shooting Frozen. We shot everything practically. We were on a ski lift. We were in Utah in the middle of winter. We were 75 feet above the ground. It was gnarly, and it was my first ever film. So I just, you know, really wanted to impress everyone, and I remember there was this little logistical problem where, you know, I've got Sean and I've got Kevin, both dudes, um, and we're up on the ski lift, and they sort of tell us where at base count. They're like, so, to reset takes about an hour or more, so, you know, just bear that in mind. Maybe pee before you go up there. Now, we're up there for six-hour stretches of time, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what am I supposed to do up there, you know, but I don't want to say anything. The boys were like, that's cool. We'll just pee off the side. And again, I'm like, well, I'm a lady, so I can't really do that. Um, There were so many fun, fun, fun moments like that. But um, it, it, you know what, it all made for like just a better uh, performance because yeah, it was raw, man. It was really raw. Um, I wanted to just say, I got some advice for you. Don't go out there. In a world
1: where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and
2: vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the
1: films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror. Movie Welcome back, Podcast. everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all support. You guys are awesome. Before we get into tonight's film video, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. My man Brian has done a fantastic job with the website. He's got it looking great. Everything about our podcast is on there. All of our episodes and interviews from episode one to our weekly release, if you want to check out all of our episodes there. Maybe you have an office job, don't have access to your phone, you can listen on your desktop computer. We've done some incredible interviews in the past with some of the biggest names in horror, uh, some of your favorite slashers, uh, writers, directors. Check out our interviews if you haven't heard those yet. We got our store. We got some new t-shirts. Uh, Brian and Dustin have done some fantastic designs if you want to check those out. And we also have Shan's Etsy page attached as well if you want to grab a Tumblr. And we also have our social media, fa- uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, we love interacting with our fans. We love, you know, meeting new people. We love answering your comments and questions on the air. So definitely check us out on social media. And the last thing I want to shout out is our patreon we call it blood donors we have the traditional monthly reoccurring kind you're a big fan of our podcast a big fan of our show you want to help support us that option is available and we also have one-time donations if you want to donate and you know have a, if you have a film review you want us to do that option is available as well all right guys jump to the film review this week is my pick i appreciate mike me and him swap this week uh, and it's kind of fitting considering the past like week and a half has been Frozen all over the freaking country. It's been cold as hell. I don't know what the is going on. It's even been cold in Florida. But uh, appropriate movie. We're doing Frozen 2010. Uh, a movie that's directed and written by, I'm going to call him friend of the show, Adam Green. Uh, me and Brian met him down in uh, Spooky Empire. He's a super cool guy. Uh, he's already said he's going to come on in the future when he needs to do some promo work. I'm excited because uh, he's one of those, what uh, we like to call talkers. So he's going to be a fun interview when, whenever that happens. Why did I choose Frozen? Cause it's January. It's cold. It's a good wintertime horror movie, and I really like the movie. It's like I've mentioned plenty of times in the past when we've done like uh, home invasion movies. I like horror movies that are that feel realistic to me. Uh, so this this seems like a plausible scenario. You know, I grew up watching that show A Thousand Ways to Die. Uh, I watched Mister Ballin, You know, hear all these crazy stories of how people unfortunately die in the most bizarre ways, and This just seems like some shit that could happen. And if I'm not mistaken, like within the past few years, there was that viral TikTok video of the people getting stuck on a ski lift right underneath a bursted pipe. And they were getting sprayed with water for, I don't know how long, but that happened. Uh, I like the movie, the characters, they feel grounded and real to me. And uh, yeah, I just enjoy this movie. Uh, Brian, you want to go
3: next? Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I actually watched it for the first time this year. After, like Nico mentioned, our trip to Spooky Empire in Orlando, and, uh, you know, we met him. Uh, I think what helps this movie the most is atmosphere. Uh, It feels cold as hell, and the pacing is great. It gets right to the point, doesn't drag on to me. The effects weren't over-elaborate, and yet they were very effective to me. I mean, like a frostbite, for example, I loved it. Um, Overall, like I said, I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I'd never... Not only had I never seen this movie, I'd never heard of this movie, which, again, very rare for me. So I was excited. Um, I, I'm i with you guys. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. You know, I've said on the show about five thousand hundred times that I like a horror movie that kind of contains itself to one space. And outside of the first, what, 20 minutes or so, we're literally on the ski lift for an hour in 10 minutes. Like, it is in one place. And, you know, like Nico said, that feels grounded and realistic to me. Uh, I, and, and, and the characters feel real. These, these feels like a real life situation, best friends. There's a girl in between them. Uh, you know, one, you know, the one friend's kind of like not jealous. Isn't the right word. Maybe envious. I think I put it in my notes, uh, of the situation more than actually being jealous, but, uh, no, man, I thought it was really good. I thought the effects held, you know, held up pretty well for, you know, the, the budget, which we'll get to. Uh, and I really thought, you know, like, a, first of all, I just want to say this movie involves wolves. And I and I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I am a canine. Well, that that's you. you have to, don't turn your back on the wolf pack, buddy. But uh, <laughs> I'm also a big fan of learning about canines and cannons and all those stuff. So I've read Coyote America and a bunch of other books about wolves and coyotes and dogs. So I have a little science for y'all here. Later on in the show. So again, I thought it was really good, uh, really enjoyable. And I'm glad I finally got to see it, Nico. But as you guys know, first watch, that's when I take my notes if it's a movie I've never seen. So you'll get to s- see my notes unfold in that manner.
4: Yeah, I. Uh, fun fact, I have an NWO wolf, pack wolf tattooed on my ribs, but there's that. Um, I was unfamiliar with this movie until Nico picked it. Never heard of it like Mike. So obviously I'd never seen it. And I read the premise, and I was all in. I love, like Nico said, I love horror movies that can that are plausible horror movies, you know, that can actually happen. That's why I said Knock Knock is the most terrifying movie ever to me because I would fall for that shit. Shit's um, scary. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't lie. When I watched it, it got off to a shaky start for me, but the back half of the movie is decent enough, and I'm glad I watched it. So I didn't I didn't end up hating it. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. The first couple sets of scenes, I thought this movie is not for me, bro. And I'll get into why when we get into the scene by scene. But it picked up a lot, and I really enjoyed the back half of the movie. Side note, I did find it funny that Sean Ashmore plays Lynch in this movie, played Bobby Drake in the uh, X-Men movies, a.k.a. Iceman, whose power is to make himself and other things freeze. So that was cool. Yeah, Nico, so I, I it.
1: I don't get the reference. Oh
3: <laughs> Man, I have that in my scene by scene, too. I'm going to mark that out. Oh, my bad. <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything else before we get into the scene by scene? Let's do it. Nope. Go ahead. All right. The, the movie opens up with some great sound design as the wind howls, and we are shown the moving parts and day-to-day operation of a ski lift at a local ski resort. We're introduced to Kevin Zegers Dan, his girlfriend, Emma Bell, and her debut as Parker, and his best friend, X-Men's Iceman, as Dustin just said, Sean Ashmore's Joe, who are attempting to swindle their way into the ski lift. A wrench is thrown into their plan, however, when Ed Ackerman shows up instead of a pretty girl and Parker is sent to charm their way onto the lift instead. While Parker is putting on her charm on a lift operator, Joe shows his jealousy in some dialogue with Dan about Parker tagging along with them on their usual guy day and continues to be a bitch about Dan choosing his girlfriend over his friends in multiple examples over the last few weeks or months. The ploy works and the trio make their way to the slopes mocking the chumps who paid full price for their tickets on their way up, including a cameo from friend of the show, the real Joe Lynch, friend of the show, interview, DougWeather.com, and one of the other chairs. Once to the slopes, the character Joe Lynch gets in a bit of a scuffle, helping a girl named Shannon with her skis, and the three make their way down the slope with Parker falling time and time again, as expected, on her snowboard, as Joe looks on disappointingly, as Dan spends most of his time helping her off the snow. Go ahead, Nico
1: all right starting off i'll just say throughout the whole review i don't have a ton of notes on any scenes really just because we are stuck in one spot it's a lot of dialogue but starting off maybe it's just because i'm watching this on tubi but i did love the grainy gritty look of the film and it's kind of crazy because i bought the blu-ray but when i was back home with my moms couldn't get my damn xbox to work so shout out to tubi for them free movies uh dan he's pimping his girl out for some cheap ski lift rides i started shaking my head but I did realize I, she's got that cute girl next door look, and she worked it like a champ, so I appreciated it. And oh boy, like Mike mentioned at the beginning, we got some bro drama. Lynch is mad. Dan has a girlfriend and is spending time with her. And I can appreciate that because I've experienced that with some of my homeboys in the past. But what I don't get is why didn't they just have their tickets in the first place since this is what the bros already do. Just let her finesse her own ticket. What makes the film work for me is the relationship between the three characters uh, I'm, I'm probably getting ahead of myself saying that, but they feel like genuine friends and fun fact. Sean Ashmore and Kevin Zagir, I think is how you say his last name, are close friends in real life, which translates to the movie. I'd be losing it as a ski lift rider if the chairs got stuck like this. I am not a fan of heights. My guy Lynch sees a damsel in distress and like a piranha smelling blood makes a quick move. I see the vision, my brother. But he almost gets his ass beat by a Giga Chad, so you got you to gotta keep them hands ready. Speaking of Lynch, another fun fact, all the characters' names are names of friends of director Adam Green, which we've already mentioned, Joe Lynch, a.k.a. friend of the Don't Go Out There podcast. Check out that interview. Like we mentioned about Adam Green, he's a talker. Great interview. You can feel Lynch's frustration seeing Parker fall over and over. Bro just wants to rip the mountains with his boy.
2: It's a fun opening with relatable characters. Uh, That's all I got. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, first of all, where the fuck is Olaf? Oh, sorry. Somebody had to get the first reference in, okay? Had to do it. Uh, I, honestly, this movie suffers for being of the same name because I'm like, yeah, man, y'all got to see this movie Frozen, and they're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I feel like everyone should watch this movie Frozen. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Brian's right there with me. I love this opening uh, mountain view nature shot. I thought it was really, you know, really pretty and really beautiful. I'm sure he really, really agrees with me there. Uh, the, the <laughs> The opening credit song is very 2009, 2010. Like that takes me right back to that time period. I can feel it. Um, it, And honestly, if I'm this guy at the ski lift, this trickery's working on me, pal. Like I'm letting anybody that's like moderately, slightly good looking. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. You and your friends pass, pass on by. So uh, I probably wouldn't. That job's probably not for me. Uh, I did find it kind of weird that my man just unzipped her. Blouse in front of everyone, but okay, yeah, sure, whatever you got to do. Here's my thing. This movie starts off, and you're going to hear it in my notes, with me not liking Lynch one bit, okay? I just want to point that out. I feel like he's kind of being a little whiny bitch here. Like, I don't understand this whole envy and jealous thing where, like, now the girl's involved. Yeah, you don't see your bro as much as you used to, but, like, you're kind of supposed to be happy for your bro as long as, like, she doesn't totally suck. Like, I feel like you're kind of supposed to be supportive in that role, but that's just me. Uh, I'm with Nico. A ski lift scares the fuck out of me. I've never been skiing. Don't ever want to go skiing, to be honest. Uh, And part of the reason is because of... God damn it, don't make me laugh. (laughs) Uh, But again, that scares the fuck out of me. I didn't used to be a pet name guy either, but now I am because I've gotten soft, okay? S-A-W-F-T, soft. I'm a big... like I come up with all kinds of pet names for my wife now, so just throwing that out there. I will say, I don't know why we're... Uh, someone said the word "hada." Oh, it was Lynch. He said the word "hada," and it sounded like Ted, the yeah. bear, teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought the same yeah. thing. Hada, <laughs> <laughs> Hada. he's a fucking uh, peppered fan. <laughs> Chada. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, my Boston accent's atrocious. I'll move on. Uh, I do find it was funny that my girl here has a smoking issue. Like people saw a smoking problem in twenty ten. Like I like that's a thing. Okay, fair enough. Um, I will say he mentions why the. You know smelling your own floss Why the fuck would you smell your own floss That's fucking disgusting Uh, I would never even think to smell my own floss Uh, Again this is why I don't want to be on a ski lift They get stuck all the time or so you hear Uh, And that just being up in them open heights Is not for me Um, I will say he was complaining About it being or not being a guy sound like it normally is But the first sight of a hot female He runs over to help her And try to help her out and save her Okay it's a little bit hypocritical If you ask me Last thing, I would get annoyed with her falling as well. But I don't know, man. Like As you get older, that's just not the kind of stuff that would really get under my skin. Like We can all three have a good time. It doesn't have to be a third wheel situation. So at this point in the movie, I'm telling Lynch to grow the fuck up. Later on, I become a big fan, though.
4: All right. So I like the wintry sounds that uh, accompany the opening credits there. That was cool. It just sounds so cold and really sets the tone. Kind of a weird choice to have the first thing we see after the open credits be the gears of the ski lift though. I don't know, it just kind of felt out of place. It's okay and forgivable because I mean that's a central part of the movie later on, but I wish we'd have jumped into the characters instead. Like it was kind of felt weird. Um they show us all the skiers after the title card though, and I, I think it was good enough. Uh very generic conversation. A lot between the guys when Parker's talking to the guy uh, or scamming him, I should say. And, you know, friend doesn't like the other guy's new girlfriend just seems very cliche to me. The dialogue isn't the best in this movie uh, for the most part. It just kind of took me out of it, especially early on. And that's pretty much all we got. So it's not my favorite set of openings or set of scenes, but that's because it was dominated by the generic uh, dialogue and not much else happened.
3: All right. So, we open up with uh, Parker taking a very non-convincing sip of coffee, because that's a pet peeve of mine, at the lodge, and the guy is sitting at the table planning a guy's trip before Parker overhears Dan talk about uh, how she is slowing them down. Nightfall comes quickly as the trio run into Shannon again, and the three find themselves arguing with the ski lift operator, begging for one more run, claiming they will be wicked fast. <laughs> he comes in. And as the three make their way up on the ski lift, he's called away to the boss's office and the replacement mistakenly shuts it down, thinking everyone is off the lift. Trying to pass the time, they make conversation as the lights all go out at the resort and panic begins to set in. Joe pisses off the side of the lift as a snowstorm begins to fall. Not much there in that set of scenes. Go ahead, Mike. Or go ahead, Nico. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, you're good. Uh, And, and kind of like Brian just mentioned, I saw this TikTok the other day about actors, actresses, and them obviously not having any coffee in the cups. I can't not see that anymore. It's so obvious that you're not drinking hot coffee. But I bet that first sip of coffee was immaculate, though, after being in the cold. I know that shit went crazy. Talking shit about someone who's standing right behind you and never fails to be awkward. Classic movie trope. I think Lynch is fun and is a terrible bullshitter trying to make it up to Parker. Adam Green uses this little bit of dialogue between Lynch and Shannon for the sole purpose of establishing that Lynch has no phone for the impending doom, which is very dumb to me. You should always bring your phone with you. Shout out to Jason, the ski lift operator. Just like Mike mentioned, the guy is definitely a man of the people. Let them go on another ride. Why has Dan not put on more clothes though? He was freezing earlier in the day and it's nighttime now. You got to layer up fam. I got to call Parker out here. Cabin resort food. It's not the best, but you got to eat that shit for satiation.
5: No, it's ridiculous
1: that you didn't eat anything.
2: Grow the fuck up.
1: (laughs) If I'm on this lift and it stops, I am instantly panicking. I'm screaming and shouting way more than Lynch does here. I'm freaking, I'm terrified. And Jesus Christ, Dan, who asked the worst way to die question right now? It's like, bro, (laughs) I I might would have punched him. But I agree 100% with Lynch about only swimming in pools. I don't get in water. I can't see the bottom in anymore. That's that Florida in me. I'm not getting no rivers, no oceans, none of it. I'm with Parker. I hate a well-actually-ass person. Oh, he's a Star Wars nerd. Makes sense. My heart would sink into my gut once the lights went off. I'd cry. I don't care. Judge me. The panicky arguing amongst the three feels real and authentic. I do like that a lot. Shout out to Adam Green and director of photography, Will. I think it's Barrett, but it might be Barrett. I'm not sure the hired film crew was too nervous to dangle at those heights so that those two men shot everything themselves. Whew. I'd have been terrified. I might've smacked Lynch though with his for a week line by being stuck up there. I guess I've guess I'm lo- realizing I'm not a very patient person when I'm scared. I guess they've never seen dumb and dumber. You got to pee on yourself for the warmth, man. Come on. Another good set of scenes with, with relatable characters and realistic acting. Uh, go ahead, Mike. That's all I got
2: yeah so you know you mentioned the awkward conversation I just he was great in that scene like I thought uh having to eat your own words really quick I thought was you know really funny and realistic you know like we've mentioned like everyone's had a situation like oh they're standing right by me isn't she yeah he did a yeah he said, did a good job yeah. yeah so I thought that was really well acted um but <laughs> look I am glad that it feels like this movie's about to pick up because as soon as they go try to negotiate their way back on the ski lift I'm like all right Finally, like, yeah, the dialogue's great, and I'm glad we're getting some character development, but, like, I'm ready to see where this movie's kind of taken off to. Uh, I will say, I w- un- unlike in the first set of scenes, I would not have let them back on this lift here. Like, sorry, that's tough shit. We're closing down for the night because of the weather. Grow up. But he did, so, hey, and now we have a good movie to talk about. I will say this job seems miserable as fuck. Like, I think I'd rather, you know, be out here peddling shaker cups like I do in my day job than out here on the ski lift. I can tell you that 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 looks like a terrible situation. That cold all day long sounds like hell to me. Um, I will say they're like yelling, like once the ski lift stops, they're like yelling, not not to the people for help. They're like yelling at them to like, hurry up, like make this go faster, turn the lights back on. Like, No, man, actions have consequences. You beg to go on this fucking ride. You're kind of stuck up here by your own actions. So uh, I was a little bit annoyed at how they were receiving this information. But, you know, again, I've never been in this situation, so what do I know? Uh, I will say my man Lynch, I said my man Lynch because this is where I start to turn on Lynch right here. Uh, He says the line, naked chicks are hot. Okay, all right, my man. Man's got a point there. Uh, Immediately shot up my... uh, um, my rankings after that. Burning and drowning are my two biggest fears—a w- a way of dying that give me anxiety. I never really thought about freezing to death. I guess, but burning alive or drowning—just no, thank you.
4: Um, Mike's got Freddie and Jason raging inside him.
2: I do. <laughs> Whoa! Pause. <laughs> Are. I mean, you said two Deep man stands are raging inside of me. Oh.
4: Deep inside. Hey, go fuck yourself.
2: Anyway, uh, shutting all these lights off would actually maybe not make me cry, but it would make me shit my pants, which you guys know I'm prone to do. So very easily could happen in this
4: Dude, scenario. Can you
3: imagine sitting on a fucking. I would jump off too head first if I had to smell your shit and just sit next to me the whole entire time.
4: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'd throw him off. Fuck that. <laughs> I was gonna say, you gotta throw me off on that one. I will yeah.
3: Anyway. Uh
2: look, normally I would be on Parker's side, but this is where she kind of starts to freak out. And all the constant bickering, like you mentioned, is realistic, but goddamn, that's annoying in this situation. Everybody, calm the fuck down. Let's see what our let's assess our situation. But nobody wants to do that. Uh, I will say, Lynch, you, you mentioned it is such an ass. Uh, you know, how he uses the for a week line. I thought that was such a dick thing to say. I loved it. No, I loved it. It was awesome. It, She's the one like that brought s- it up. I know. I, I, I agree 100%. That's why I said I'm starting to turn around on Lynch in real time here. Uh, last thing, I – come on. That's a reach. That's You're a reach. You're turning around on the man? Whoa. <laughs> come on, bro. That's – no, nah, man. Fuck that. I I argue against that. I'm calling the league office. Uh, <laughs> Last thing, I, I would also pee off this lift if I had to pee because I just can't imagine.
4: I know I'll shit myself on accident, but peeing myself on purpose sounds like a terrible thing. So Shannon coming over to apologize again, it's clear she wants it. Like, my man's in there. But again, I hated, the, I hated the dialogue there, though. He's lucky like, you didn't make me mad. I would have whooped your boyfriend's ass. Put that shit on a cob, man. That's corny. I hated that. God. Uh, but now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the movie. And this is actually one of the most terrifying premises for a movie we've covered. I hate the cold weather so much. Like, it's been below freezing here in East Tennessee for a week straight. Today is the first day that it got up to 40 in in over a week. I'd rather die than endure this shit for as long as they did. So, yeah, fuck that. But, unfortunately, getting stuck up there sticks us with some more bad dialogue, including a child rape joke and a terrible banter from Parker and Lynch. Just didn't like it. Didn't like the dialogue. Uh, when Lynch pisses, though, that may have been the most unrealistic part of the movie, at least for me, because I wouldn't have been able to find mine to take a leak in that cold weather. There's no fucking way I could have got it outside my <laughs> pants. So, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was cold as hell. But uh, honestly, not a lot happened in here, but some things of substance did. So it's setting us up in the right direction.
3: That's right. All right. Hours begin to pass as the three endure a pretty wicked snowstorm. Friend of the show, Kane Hodder, interview, com pulls up in a snow groomer. And despite the trio throwing ski equipment at him, Jason Voorhees himself fails to notice them and drives off. Despite small talk and the realization of frostbite on Parker's face, the three begin to realize that no one knows they're stranded up there and they won't survive staying on the lift. Dan makes the call to jump and absolutely does not execute a forward roll upon landing, resulting in a brutal compound fracture to his legs. Joe decides the next option is to shimmy down the razor-sharp lift cables to a chair closer to the ground, but before the plan can be executed, they hear wolves in the distance and begin to panic. A few moments pass as they discuss their next plan of action, and Joe and Parker begin to knock the ice off the lift as it falls to the ground on top of Dan.
1: All right, I consider myself a mentally strong person, but once Mother Nature decides to say, fuck you, pal, it starts snowing this hard, I'd break down like 2007 Britney Spears. A uh, nice cameo here from friend of the show, Mr. Kane Hutter. Like Brian mentioned, should go check out his interview. I like these kind of cameos from horror, like icons in these movies. I think they did great with that. These three, but these three got to start dropping stuff instantly. Not wait until he's backing up. But I do appreciate them at least trying. If you didn't feel gutted and hopeless yet, you have to feel that way now. Top three breakfast cereal list without fruity pebbles. Nasty work, Lynch. You got to have fruity pebbles up there. Dan just said what everyone was thinking but didn't want to say. Time for someone to jump. Damn it, Parker. Can't be dropping a glove in this moment, especially for a cancer stick. Good Lord. Get it together, girl. I respect the hell out of Dan's courage jumping, but damn it, brother. You can't mid pencil dive feet first. You got to land on your side, roll, do something like Brian said. Broken ribs, that's at least tolerable. You know, you can make it down the mountain with a broken rib. Bone sticking outside of the body is a sight that never makes me not cringe. I hate seeing those videos. I can't imagine how bad that shit hurts. I would pass out instantly just seeing my legs look like that. Jesus Christ, Parker, looking like A.J. Duffy out there tossing that scarf into a tree. Why are they throwing this (laughs) stuff to Dan anyways? Drop that shit straight down to him. Like, what are you doing? This is something that does irk me. Those cables aren't sharp. I wish they'd have gone with the they are slippery or hard to get a grip on. Like, come on. I even, like, Googled that, and, like, there was a whole Reddit topic about that, if y'all want to go check that out. Insult to injury. Hearing a wolf howling would absolutely destroy what little, if any, morale I may have had left. I wish Adam Green would have had Dan fall below, trying to climb down the cable instead of jumping. It could have at least made that pencil dive thing an accident. You know what I'm saying? But that's all the uh, that's all I got for that set of things. Mike, go ahead.
2: All right. So I've never been in snow like this, like this, like heavy, more like not torrential, but like a heavier downfall and does it sound like stone cold Steve Austin's glass shattering every time? Or is this just the sound effect they use for this film? Like that's what I, uh, that's what it sounded like to me. I was like, that's kind of an odd choice, but, uh, I mean, it got the point across that. Oh shit. We're in trouble, I guess. So, uh, motherfucking Kane Hodder, shout out to the second best Jason of all time. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just kidding. Friend of the show. Kane Hodder. Great job. Um, I really like that we picked up the intensity here though. I think they do a great job making this particular part of the ski lift scenes feel really suspenseful. And and, and even claustrophobic to a degree, I, 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 even though we're up in the open air, I still feel like we're contained to this really tiny space and it's very claustrophobic feeling. I thought they they uh, captured that really well. Um I, like, I don't know which way I'd rather be. I'd rather be up in the air frozen or whatever. i rather freeze to death after watching the Titanic sink. Like, those two things kept going back in my mind. I can't imagine a worse way to die than freezing to death either way. Um, okay, now it's all right for Parker to freak out. Like, she's freaking out, and this is pretty acceptable. The lights are out. It's snowing again. Uh, I've lost my glove. Like, things are really fucking happening here. But I appreciate Lynch trying to keep everyone's spirits up. I mean, just off the top of my head, top three breakfast cereals, cinnamon toast crunch, waffle crisp, and cocoa pebbles. Fruity pebbles is a number four. Fruity pebbles number four, buddy. No, no. no. Hey, I hey I'm a chocolate guy. Come on. Come on. Uh my man, Dan, you cannot fucking jump feet first into the ground, man. Get the this man Kevin weared himself. Shout out to those who get that reference. That shit. Dude,
4: yeah. I, I no. put that in my notes, but deleted it. Cause I thought, I, I don't know. That's a little, that's a little that's a thing, random. You know, niche. If y'all don't, don't remember niche.
2: just YouTube, Kevin, Ware Louisville, do yourselves a favor, do yourself or don't do yourselves a favor, whatever he Kevin Ware himself. But I couldn't believe that shit. I was like, out of all the fucking things, um, just crazy. I, and I like that this movie, a lot of the intense scenes take place at night. Makes it much more effective. Love this winter setting, Uh, and they really kind of start to amp that up here. I really wish they would quit showing his fucking leg as often as they do. Uh, I would, I don't know, like I, I would have tried to get up on these cables no matter what and snail crawl my way to a lower chair somehow. Like I would like to think I would do that, but like we discussed before we recorded, I don't know what the fuck I. I probably would just shout and piss myself like a little baby. So what the hell do I know? Your you bodily kidding? functions
3: are out of control, Mike. I just want to throw that out there. Dude, you're I shitting don't... on yourself. You're pissing on yourself. Like every it's out of control. I'm getting it better. I, I'm on a probiotic. Okay. <laughs> my diet's good. Relax, man.
2: I do pee a lot though because of my vitamins. Sorry. Go ahead.
4: Okay. <laughs> go set the scene starts. We get a uh, we get cane harder driving a snowplow, which is cool to see that it's Kane hotter. It also gives us a little hope, but it's clearly false hope because they've only been stuck up there for a little while and we still have over an hour of movie left. So if you, you know, I think they did that scene a little bit too early. In my opinion, they should have had him right in a little bit later and miss it. But, you know, he he didn't really give a shit about helping those kids anyway. He has some teenage campers to go kill. Uh, the acting finally improves here, though. Like, I'm not annoyed with him anymore when they're realizing everyone went home and they're they're left lynch is trying to deflect and take their minds off it with his questions and his you know jokey t- trying to keep it light the other two are just an utter sharp utter shock i think this part that was well done they all three played the role perfectly and it was all three were relatable at different phases of how you know people would act then dan jumps two things one ow brutal when his leg snapped but two Why the fuck did we get this slow motion effect on the screen and the sound effect that was like the wasted effect on Grand Theft Auto? Like when he hit the ground, you heard the sound and it went slow motion. I halfway expected red letters to pop up on the screen that said wasted like that. That that was terrible. That was terrible to me. Anyway, it was funny, though. And then she threw her fucking scarf in the fucking tree. I died laughing. I lost it for a minute there. This movie kind of turns into an unintentional comedy for a bit here, and it continues into this next set of scenes. So I'll pick back up in a minute.
3: (laughs) All right. We left the last set of scenes with Joe being pelted with icicles falling off the ski lift. So Joe has his eyes closed. When he opens his eyes, a wolf who shows up wanting to discuss a few things with old Danny boy mainly the delicious-looking bones sticking out of his fucking leg. A ski comes flying down and chases off the wolf momentarily while Dan expresses he can't feel his legs. Recent events prompt Joe to execute his plan of shimmying down the ski lift with what frustratingly appears to be almost zero upper body strength, but is interrupted as Kevin Nash and the rest of the wolf pack are now back to finish business off with Dan. Dan screams for Joe to not let Parker see what he knows is now inevitable and the two can only listen helplessly as Dan is torn apart by the wolves. And what I feel like was a brilliantly acted scene from Emma Bell. The two navigate the stages of grief and comfort each other through the rest of the night. And I didn't say much, but a lot happened in that set of scenes. Go ahead, go.
1: The irony of someone named Dan and having leg problems. Shout out to Forrest Gump, a movie I have seen. Zoom in <laughs> on that. <laughs> I-, I really have seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> So no judgment. Zoom in on the cable, proving that the cable isn't in the least bit sharp. Come on, man. Fun fact, the wolves are only on set for four days. I wonder what their pay was, steak or chicken. This is as horrific of a scene I can think of for all three. Obviously, Dan getting shredded to pieces by wolves, but hearing it and being helpless would be incredibly traumatizing. I will give Dan some props. He has the will to live. I know Jigsaw gives him a nod of approval. Damn, this is a powerful exchange of dialogue between... uh, yeah, I can't remember. Parker and Lynch. You feel the hurt and the brokenness of the two remaining characters. I love that Lynch is still thinking about that girl just to keep his mind in a decent headspace. Adam Green being a smart horror director here, appealing to the animal lover crowd here, with Parker crying about her puppy. That's a chestnut checkers move right here, my friends. Uh, I just want to see my mom and my dad. That was gutting to me. I will continue to say that these conversations come across very genuine and heartfelt. And uh, I know Dustin disagrees for the most part, but I give big props to Adam Green for good dialogue. Go ahead, Mike.
4: I agree. Just in the first couple set of scenes, like at where I said it in that last set of scenes where I picked up, I don't have issues with it the rest of the way. Okay, I got you.
2: I I kept imagining Dan in this scene being like, like record scratch. Hey, I bet you wonder how I got here because – the ice fucking starts falling on him. A wolf is walking up like just the worst fucking timing for everything. man. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now he ain't got no legs. Like that shit. That's a terrible fucking time. Especially when we know what's about to happen to him. A little bit of wolf, uh, uh, a little bit of wolf science here for realism. A wolf is only going to eat and attack a human of one of two ways. One, if they're a threat to their food or their child, b if they think you're easy food, that's the only way. If you're just walking along, a wolf's probably not going to fuck with you because it's more curious than scared. Uh, however, Dan is clearly the easiest fucking food I've ever seen. <laughs> so this is very realistic. Um, I, and again, my man Lynch, it, they set this up earlier in the movie by talking about how he couldn't do a pull-up. Now he's crawl, like walking across this cable Trying to right. do some cirque du soleil shit or whatever it's called. Like, no, nah, man, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what Are you it's called. Say it again. Say it again. Cirque du soleil. Cirque du
3: soleil. Oh, okay. I don't know cirque what the song
2: is called. Close. My wife yells at me every time I mispronounce it. I've just started doing <laughs> it on purpose. <laughs> cirque du soleil is hilarious, though.
3: Cirque.
2: Uh, I mean, like, I understand you would do anything to save your friend, but like, come on, man, that's not, not very realistic. I-, I like that they set that up, though. That's very. I, I, I thought that was good writing. Um, <laughs> but again, here come the the one wolf left, went and told the other wolves, oh, shit, we got some really easy dinner, and their pack came back. So don't turn your back on the wolf pack, as we said earlier in the show. Again, very realistic. Um, I'm not going to lie. They are, you know, in the words of Nico Chin, they are whooping his shit. I mean, they are tearing this motherfucker up, son. These wolves were hungry as shit. Probably hadn't eaten in a week. Uh, and uh, imagine being on this lift. You can't look. Now you're next to someone that you know. These two really don't like each other. Now we're hugging. We're crying, and we're hearing our friend getting torn the fuck up below us. This is a terrible, frightening situation. Yeah. In all seriousness, like one of the more frightening situations we covered on this film. Like it, it, it is wild. Uh, also, after we move on from that and things start to settle down, what a deep cut. From Parker, why'd you let him or or excuse me for yeah, why'd you let him jump? Are you fucking kidding me? of man, listen, time and place for everything. That was not it. That was a deep cut. Uh and I will say, they tug on my and they tug on my heartstrings a lot in this set of scenes. Uh again, there's just a way he could have jumped down and not broken his legs. I feel like in this situation, maybe one of them should have tried that. Like, I know they may have some PTSD for Mr. Kevin Ware, but, like, you've got to at least try to stop, drop, and roll or something, man. Uh, Just once it's daylight, though, I do like this little bit of an interesting twist. Once it's daylight, I loved it. they kind of keep ratcheting up the intensity. Like, they're not just like, oh, everything's okay now. The sun's out. We're warm, whatever. It stays. Some fucking things are about to happen that gross me out. So uh, I like how they kind of kept the same intensity. Uh, Last thing, not only would you not only would you lose your blood flow and lose that hand without a glove, but you're definitely about to lose the skin, which is a spoiler. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, um, I can get my there we go. First of all, them knocking the ice off and it falling down and hitting him was hilarious to me. So this is what I was talking about. Like the comedy of the last set of scenes bleeds over to this one because he's sitting there shielding his face. And then like you could tell one of them didn't come from above. Someone threw a fucking snowball and hit him in the head. That shit was so funny. (laughs) Uh, And then a wolf is barking at him and she throws her snowboard and scares it off. Like I said, this is unintentionally funny. Wolf would have already ate his face by then. But uh, Lynch was doing his monkey bar routine, and the camera kept showing the trees below. I kept hoping, hoping that he would pull another guys and just go, aim for the bushes and jump as There Goes My Hero played. But it didn't happen. I will credit the score here, though. Very tense and appropriate, much better than what we'd seen in the movie up until this point, to be honest. And then, yep, Kevin Nash, Conan, and Tomato Face Sting show up, proving you do not turn your back on the wolf pack. Hell yeah. Death by Wolf is awesome. Wish we saw more of it. Wish more of it was on screen, but still cool nonetheless. Parker and Lynch playing the blame game is rough. Only one way to solve this. They should both jump now. Save me the rest of the movie. Just go ahead and jump. Um, A dog named Steve is hilarious. I love when pets have adult human names. Absolutely. So funny. Sidebar, when my sister was uh, pregnant with my nephew, uh, his name's Grant, but I was trying to convince her to name him Steve, not Steven. Name that baby Steve, and she wouldn't do it. So I think the name Steve is funny anyway. And so a dog named Steve was hilarious to me. But honestly, this is a much better set of scenes. Definitely my favorite set of scenes so far.
3: The next morning, Parker finds her hand frozen to the lift bar and has to pull her skin off to remove it from the metal. After deciding to wait a few more hours before attempting another trek to another car, Parker is showing rubbing her frostbite on her face and peeing on herself while she cries. The two continue to talk and bond over stories as they pass the time and decide that Dan didn't die for them up there just for them to give up and die as well. This prompts Joe to make another attempt to make his way down the cable to the other chair. The vibrations cause the securing bolt of the chair to loosen up while the razor-sharp cables, allegedly, severely cut up his hands. Joe makes it to the other chair as the wolves show back up and Joe asked Parker to throw his ski pole for defense against them when he gets down to the ground. I'm not sure why he didn't just use the pole to slide down the wire, thus saving his hands and having the pole, but, hey, I didn't write this movie. Needless to say, Parker can't make this impossible throw, and the pole falls to the ground, and the next set of scenes is ending. Go ahead, Nico. All
1: right, rookie mistake here, Parker. You're going to have to hit the film room to correct errors like this. You can't be falling asleep with your bare skin holding onto a metal object. Get it together, girl. But seriously, I can't imagine how bad that hurt prying your cold hand off that bar. Just being that level of cold is just truly a nightmare of mine. I know Brian is fuming with his 10-second nature shot. Random zoom-in crotch shot of her ping. My girl Parker is broken. This is just rough to see. Not sure how high school relationships don't count, considering there's so many high school sweethearts. It's not an important part of the movie, but that just didn't make sense to me in their dialogue. Poor Lynch got humiliated in front of the whole school by his ex. That's some brutal shit to go through, getting your, your man pride broken. That's rough. I do enjoy these conversations between Parker and Lynch, but if a different viewer sees it as maybe filler or unnecessary, I get it. But I think it does give the characters, you know, it makes them more relatable and you care for them, so I appreciated it. I love the fuck you Jenny Bluth line after Lynch crosses over to the next ski chair. Man's used that hurt as motivation. I loved it. Parker with a slightly better throw of the ski pole. But like Brian mentioned, why not just take it with you? But anywho, this man Lynch is boot skirting across this cable now. Hell yeah, brother. Good set of scenes, and I'm ready for the ending. Go ahead, Mike. I didn't have a lot.
2: I was not prepared for this skin ripoff at all. Like, with the first, uh, just fucking brutal. It hurt my hand to watch it. Ah, God, I hate it. But I, and again, I do think, um, (laughs) you know, there's like, you know, they're taking turns screaming. I'm not really sure what screaming is going to do now, but okay. Uh, I do think the effects on their face, the frostbite effects are starting to look really good. Like, I think that, that they do a pretty good job with that. I feel like it holds up. Um, the skin just hanging on that metal bar is just, ah, God, it's gross. Um, man, she finally pees herself for the warmth, but also because she can't hold it any longer, but really weird, you know, uh, uh, Nico touched on a really weird crutch shot. I thought like that was, man, that was right in there. That was interesting. An interesting decision for sure. Uh, you mentioned their conversation while I didn't hate it. I do feel like it was kind of a weird, time to talk about it and now again you're up on a ski lift you're stuck you're passing the time so like i'm willing to be like yeah whatever that's fine but it felt like a weird time but we did get some character development with lynch why he is maybe the way he is about relationships and stuff so i appreciate that but once i started making the conversation go back to dan their dead friend slash boyfriend i felt like that was that made a lot more sense it's their only real connection here uh and i thought that you know Kind of letting us know who Dan was, I thought was, you know, a really nice touch. Made it feel real. Made it feel personal. Um, I, I, Man, just uh, these wolves are smart because, of course, they are. They've been circling this lift now because they know we see you two up there. You're eventually, you're going to be down here just like your friend, and we're fucking ready. Uh, I love wolves. They're very, very smart. Uh, also, LOL. To the Jenny Bluth line. I thought that was fucking hilarious. It cracked me up. Uh, man,
4: the pole throw was,
2: man, that was like a James Blackman throw. All right, sorry, go ahead.
4: Why would this dumbass put her bare hand on the bar? Like, that's just not, has she never seen A Christmas Story? Like, he can't get his tongue stuck to the pole. You don't touch freezing cold poles. Pause. Uh, disgusting watching her tear her skin off, though. It reminded me of when Chester Bennington ripped his back off and saw 3D. It's the only other movie I can think of that showed it like that close up and that disgustingly uh, very dramatic when she pissed her britches. I don't know, but I think that's the least of her problems. Probably let it flow, man. Who cares? At least her crotch is going to be warm for a minute. I like the bit of vulnerability and character development from Lynch and Parker here talking about their past and stuff like it helps build that rel- relate- uh, relatability for both of them. Really like that. I also like how as soon as it's over, the tension is ramped right back up with the bolt coming loose and the wolves returning. So, you know, they lure us into that false sense of security and then, bam, remember we're in danger again. Not sure why he didn't take a ski pole to begin with. Like you guys said, he could have fashioned it to his jacket or something. Anything would have been better than relying on Zach Wilson. I mean, Parker to throw it. We saw what happened when she tried to throw her scarf earlier and she throws another bad pass. This one may have been intentional grounding. That's how bad it was. Just fucking awful. But this is another really good set of scenes that completely changed my mind from like I've forgotten how much I dislike the first, set of, uh, first two
3: sets of scenes at this point. <laughs> You're right, there was nobody in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah, no. Just take the sack, Parker. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Joe makes it to the nearby sport tower as the wolf pack is shown looking on. He makes it down the ladder as he's also attacked. He's able to fight off the wolves with a ski pole and promises to Parker he will return with help as he skis off on the board with wolves shown chasing after. Now alone, Parker endures another night on the chair, looking at the now snow-covered remains of Dan. Joe does not return by the next day, so Parker attempts to reach the ladder herself. As she stands in the chair, the bolt that was shown loosening disconnects, and the lift chair jars loose, bringing Parker closer to the ground. It finally gives out and falls, crashing into Parker's ankle as they hit the ground. An ankle she can walk on later, by the way, but she begins to slide and crawl down the mountain. And as she makes her way down, encounters blood covered snow and the wolves still eating Joe's now mangled corpse. Great effects there. The wolves go back to eating and ignore Parker, allowing her to eventually reach a road. And when all seems lost is eventually noticed by minivan where the driver calls and tells her everything is going to be okay on the way to the hospital 10 minutes away. She closes her eyes and imagines Dan's voice telling her she's going to be okay as the movie ends. And that's it. Go ahead, Nico. All right. Lynch's
1: cortisol has to be through the roof after dealing with the cold and now a savage pack of wolves attacking. But shout out to a friend of the show, Meg Stone. She touched on this in the social media comments. She works with animals, but she's right. This wolf behavior is kind of uncharacteristic, making them kind of a villain. Uh, poor Parker, another night in the cold and alone now. I feel, you know, I kind of put, I wanted to put myself like in her shoes. Maybe she feels like she has a bit of hope that Lynch has made it to the bottom. But after seeing a pack of wolves chasing him, I feel as alone and as hopeless as humanly possible. I like these shots of Parker in the chair, just looking around, closing her eyes, holding her head. I have no clue what I'd do in this situation. I appreciated that a lot. This irks me. After a bit of research, a ski lift chair weighs between 175 to 200-ish pounds. I don't care what those ski boots are made of. That's going to mess her leg ankle up somehow. No way in hell she should be able to walk on it, in my opinion. But then again, Chad Meeks got stabbed 248 times and is doing fine. So what do I know? Nah,
3: question I that. have. Score four. I'm cutting that. <laughs> nah, fuck off. Cut it. Your opinion's <laughs> shit. Cut it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking scream nerds. I'm just kidding. All right. Question I have. I like Parker, but will this movie be better if she doesn't survive? She sees lynches feasted upon corpse and the wolves get her too. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy she survived, but I do enjoy a bleak horror movie. It just seemed a bit convenient. The wolves let her survive. Seeing a road and cars would fill my eyes with tears. You're going to be okay. Hearing that as I sit in a warm car, I couldn't imagine the emotions running through my head and my body. I really enjoy this movie and appreciate it for its realism. Big shout out to Adam Green. Really hope we get him on the show eventually. Mike, that's all I got.
2: Well, here's a fun fact, Nico. A wolf will not eat if it's full. So, there you go. I thought i let you know. Just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A wolf will not eat if it's full. Just throwing that out there. Okay. My man finally made it across. A so shout-out to him. I know we kind of already touched on that, but uh, he probably should have thought of this same strategy the night before and actually finished it, but whatever. Um, but, I mean, my thing is, he gets down. She sat there all night, and then halfway into the next day, like, just waiting on this motherfucker. No fucking way, man. I would have had to at least attempt to hop down between now and then. Um, I'm a little bit on the opposite side of you, where this is one of the few times I actually wanted a happier ending. Not that there is a happy ending about this, because the two people she went up there with are now dead, and she's scarred from that. But I did want her to live on and survive. Typically, I'm with you, though. I like a bleak horror ending. Like, hey, you don't always get your happy ending,
3: especially in this genre. Go ahead. There are people online that I've seen say that when she was closing her eyes and hearing Dan's voice that she was dying. So, could I mean, be. you could take it that way, I guess. Yeah, you could. Sure. That, that's I mean, fair. I took it as a happy ending as well. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe when we get uh, Adam Green there on the show, go. we can ask him. There you go. I like that
2: question. Um, but But, yeah, I mean... I was kind of hoping for a happy ending, and I'm glad that we I'm glad that we get it. I think the su- suspense of the closing scenes are great. Like they do a great job making them feel like like Parker is fighting for her fucking life. Like I I, I thought her hanging from the lift was really well done, really intense. Um, I will say her falling and only having to worry about that ankle was a blessing. But like you said, a little unrealistic. Like ah, uh, like I don't know, man. Okay, um, look. My man Lynch was, my man Lynch was dead. I felt for him. I, I did a complete one eighty on Lynch during this film, and to see him go like this, but, by by wolves was sad, man. They they, man, it hurt my heart. Uh, I pro- look this one car passes by, and I'm not gonna lie. Unless the car just like didn't see her, which I guess that's possible. I probably would have stopped. You know, I probably would have stopped. Uh, one of the worst, you know. But being her, man, having a car pass by you when you think you're about to reach some kind of salvation has to be a fucking slap in the face, like just a big gut punch on top of all the gut punches you've had. I will say one of my least favorite things people do. Hey, you okay? No, motherfucker, I'm face down in the snow. I'm not okay. Do I look fucking okay to you? Damn it. Now, I hate that shit. Uh, But that's realistic. That's what people do, which makes no sense. Uh, not the happiest ending ever, but in my head, Cannon, she
4: lived. So I think it's, I thought it was a good ending. Bro made it all that way just to get wolfed. That's rough. Good on him for jabbing the one and scaring him off though. But then they chase after him. That's good tension there. And I love how the camera stays with Parker here. It doesn't follow Lynch. So we don't know if he made it or if she's fucked. Like it's a great decision to let us wonder and go into a sense of panic with her. Uh, the bolt finally falling was the best thing that could have happened to her. At least then she could fall without her legs snapping. Makes you think that if Lynch would have just sat put, maybe try to get it to fall, maybe you know they could take off as a tandem before he took off solo. Uh, I'm not sure why she commando crawled here. I mean, I know her leg probably hurt. Like you said, Nico, that thing weighs 150, 200 pounds. So it probably hurt like a bitch with a carrier falling on her, but it was intact. You got to get up. There's fucking wolves out there. You can't be belly crawling past the fucking wolves. Get up real dickhead move from the driver to just keep driving. There's no way he didn't see her waving before uh, she fell. And even if like uh, you see someone waving, you think, Oh, they're just saying hello. You saw him fall face first in the snow and then not stand up, stop and check on him. That's a real dickhead. And then uh, she gets rescued and that's how it ends. Like to me, that's, I don't know. I was a little confused when I watched it because I didn't realize when she was crawling there, that that was Lynch that she was crawling past. Like I thought that was Dan's body. I thought the wolves dragged his body off because the way the leg was positioned, it looked like the leg was, you know, snapped and the bone was facing upward. So I thought that was Dan for a while, but I mean, it's fine if he, if they both died, it's fine. I just, I wish that they would have made that a little bit more clear. Or if we hear her telling the driver, yeah, my two friends are dead instead of we just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm stupid, but, uh, It's a it's a pretty good ending with, you know, at least there's one survivor, but she's never going to be the same. She's got some trauma she's carrying with her. So not exactly a happy ending.
3: All right. Let's jump into social media questions. I'm going to read Facebook and Twitter slash X and Mike's going to hit up some Instagram. So uh, on the on the book of face, Dex Cole. I like this one a lot. As other people said, it seems very grounded. Like, hey, this could happen to you, the audience, plus I love Adam Green. So maybe that moves it up in some notches for me. Abby Renee said, I like this movie as a whole. Not that I would attempt to ski, but after I watched this, I definitely never would. I actually got a copy from our local family video when they closed down. Sad face. I guess my question is, after watching it, what would you have done differently? I had my boyfriend watch it about a month ago, and I feel like there were instances where we asked, like, why didn't you do this? Do you feel like there's another way to get down?
4: Yes, I
2: address that a lot.
4: (laughs) I tell you what I would have done is not be out there in the first place. I don't do cold weather. I don't do skiing. I don't do snowboarding. Fuck that. I've had friends try to get me to go with them. Nope. So
2: Tell you what I would have done if I was Dan is be a fucking man and fight that fucking wolf off with your hands, you son of a bitch. Yeah, hey, oh, you got to
4: beat those wolves off.
2: Beat?
4: hey
3: <laughs> well, I'm saying He had a pole. Whoa, buddy. A ski pole. What is happening? This all shows wow. off the road. Nico, do you have anything else
1: you uh, would do? I, to get? I, like I mentioned in in my scene, you know, my review part, I would have not have just dove straight down. I would have tried, you know, the climbing down the the cable first. I wouldn't have just, I just wouldn't have leaped first. I would have tried the, the climbing down part. And if I did leap, I wouldn't try to land on my feet. You fucking exactly. Do. But That's here's the issue old. I do have with that, though. It's been snowing like crazy. Wouldn't like the snow kind of like
4: absorb some of that shot? Not necessarily, brother. If it's cold enough, that snow will be hard as a rock. That that a is true. Powder. That is true. But like, it was but yeah, it was snowing hard actively, you know what I'm saying? It was, but again, depending on how cold it was. I'll give you an example. Two days ago, my front yard. Um, I've still got about six inches of snow outside. And two days ago I had about seven inches, six and a half, seven inches out there, and it was it was snowing. But it was so cold that the two hundred uh, me at 215 pounds i was standing on top of the snow and i wasn't sinking down into it at all
3: that's how cold it was it was solid that's fair for sure Shanna turner says like this movie scary because i feel like it could really happen by the way have you guys checked out fall kind of the same premise i haven't checked that out but i did hear the same thing and then a lot of people kind of chimed in on this one with it no i never heard of it oh. no i haven't seen it yet Kylene Gill Johnson said, uh, replied to that and said, I love Fall, one of my favorite movies, but I'm also a sucker for any survival type movie. And Meg Stone said, I had the same feeling in part of this as I did in Fall. There you go. I liked it, but I'm a wildlife keeper slash tech, and I struggled the portrayal of the wolves. In Frozen, they made the wolves the villains, having them do things that don't really match typical wolf behavior, a.k.a. more likely to avoid people versus hunting them. In the fall, it was a vilifying vultures. I have taken care of vultures for years, and vulture behavior in that is a hard nope. Uh, And Melissa Shea said, this movie is so good. I still remember it clearly, even though it's been years since I've watched it. And jumping over to the Twitter slash X, Andrew Ferguson. This is one of my wife's favorite movies and my daughter recently discovered it. We spent $300 to have her do the Elsa Disney Princess makeover last February at Magic Kingdom. Oh wait, wrong Frozen. <laughs> go ahead, Mike.
2: Hey, we only went the hey, we this whole show we had two Frozen references the whole time. I I'll take that. Sometimes you just gotta let it go, man. Uh anyway, I uh Rochelle Mack on Instagram says, "I think about this movie every single time I'm on a chairlift." Gone through every possible scenario on how I'd save myself. That makes one of us because I've never been on a chairlift in my life, and I hope that I never am. But shout out to you for going. Even in your picture, it looks like you were probably skiing there. So shout out to you for sure. Uh, let's see, uh, Miss Strickland ninety one on Instagram says, "Due to current temps, I'm still trying to let it go." <laughs> all right, that, all right, that was all right. So number three, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Missy Hutchinson says, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, y'all, but his legs after he jumps with like a crazy eye emoji. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe that. That was disgusting, horrible to see. Uh, and and I thought the effects really held up uh, on that." Queen Elizabeth seven one seven says, "Would you guys have waited as long as they did to climb down? No. <laughs> also, could not they have taken off their coats to make a rope to climb down instead of jumping? Keep up the great work, guys. That's an interesting point. Could they have?" taking off their coats to climb down, make like a little, you know, like a little rope thing. I, I, I like that idea. That
1: still only lowers it by like, what, 10 feet, <laughs> 12 feet at the most, though.
2: That's still yeah. a pretty far drop. And then the Black Han Solo said, how soon would y'all jump? And wouldn't the movie The Grey be a great Frozen double feature with this? Yes, it
4: would. Man, the Grey is it. such a good movie. That's my favorite Neeson movie by far. Uh, Nico, you should watch The Grey for sure, buddy. I uh,
2: this. And then, oh, it's Lacey says, very creepy with two exclamation points. I agree. This movie has some very intense, very creepy parts. I got a few fun facts, and you can go after me, Dustin, if you want go to. For it.
1: When the wolf takes down Joe, it is a border collie in that one shot. The German Shepherd that was trained to do the stunt mysteriously died two, day, two nights before the scene was shot. It's a little spooky. Adam Green's old band Haddonfield performs on the soundtrack. After Parker strikes a deal with the lift operator, that is Green singing on the loudspeaker. The song is called Among the Dogs. The main characters are named after Adam Green's real-life friends, Joe Lynch, Dave Parker, and Spooky Dan Walker. Though the names were originally temporary names in the first draft of the script, everyone got used to them, and they stayed that way for the film. There is a moment when Lynch says to Dan, that's kind of spooky, Dan, as a shout-out to Spooky Dan Walker. Twisted Sisters' D. Snyder is the voice from the top of the the top of the mountain who announces last chair is through D son. Cody was the director's assistant on the picture and cameos in the lodge wearing a twisted sister t-shirt. I thought that was pretty cool. And this is the last one I have at the Sundance film festival. Adam green told a story about how the spot where they shot this movie was supposedly haunted by a suicide victim who had killed himself in that very spot a year before. This was validated by an audience member during the Q and a at the Sundance film festival. She personally knew the victim. This info is available as an Easter egg on the DVD and Blu-ray releases. The person committed suicide on chair 92, which can be further identified with a hole in the seat, while the cast and crew use chair 75. That's spooky as hell.
2: No, that's wild, bro.
1: <laughs> Holy crap.
4: <laughs> I did have, I don't i don't remember if one of you said it earlier, but uh, this was completely shot practical. No CGI or anything like that. And it was filmed in awesome. Utah. So that's the only it other looks one. That's really great, too.
2: Uh, look, I looked all over... Frank Gore's internet for this budget. Okay? Multiple sources. Couldn't find one. So I asked our good buddy, ChatGPT, what the budget for this movie was. And this, they said, the budget for the horror movie Frozen released in 2010 was approximately $3 million. So that's what I'm going with. Okay? That's that's where I'm at with it. Uh, and according to Box Office Mojo, the domestic release only made $246,176 dollars but internationally, it made three million five hundred ninety-seven, five hundred ninety-eight dollars. So big overseas, just not so much big here domestically in the United States.
1: I watched a video by Joe Blow Horror and like it got really good, like test audience viewing. Yeah. It. it just it didn't get a widespread release, so it didn't make no money, which yeah, is crazy. It was
2: very limited theaters. I didn't get like the exact amount, but the it wasn't very many. It was. It was very, very, very select theater, but it had a really good run on DVD and streaming services as well.
1: All right. uh, Let's do our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. I'll just go ahead and go first, knock mine out. Least favorite kill. I'll go with Dan just because it was a really good scene. Hated seeing my my guy's legs getting broken. That was brutal, but it was just a good scene overall. Least favorite kill. It's hard for me to pick Lynch because like y'all mentioned, the effects look so good, but it was off screen. We didn't see anything. Uh, I'll just go with Lynch. I pretty much said how I feel about the movie. I like it for its realism. And like many of our fans who have commented on our social media said, the realism is what makes it work. I like the bond between the three main stars. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I think the cold atmosphere, like you guys have mentioned is it's claustrophobic. It's horrifying. We all hate the cold weather. It sucks. I I would hate to be stuck up there. I've mentioned my qualms. The, uh, the cable is not sharp. Uh, I feel like that ski lift should have broke her leg or at least fractured something. Like I don't like Brian mentioned. She should not be walking down the damn mountain. She, if she's going to be walking, she needs to be limping and screaming the whole time. That would at least won me over a little bit. That's really my biggest qualms is just the unreal, that kind of unrealistic stuff.
3: But overall I gave the movie an eight. I'm a big fan. I'm not going to do winner. Or I'm not going to do uh, favorite and least favorite kill. Um, Cause it's the same as yours, but just, I liked it a lot. You know, I said it at the beginning of the show. I think Emma Bell does a fantastic job in this. I mean, her first big job. And again, I can't speak enough about the atmosphere that Adam green creates. And what I believe is a very realistic scenario. You know, I've seen, we talked a little bit about this off air before we started, but I've seen a lot of reviews online about the stupid decisions. The three of them make, but I mean, come on. I mean, have you been outside lately? The majority of people don't have any common sense or problem solving skills. I think it's pretty damn realistic. Uh, I liked it a lot. You know, I think this would be a a good intro horror movie. If you have someone getting into the genre as well. And that's, that's not a knock on it by any means. I just, I think that it's a very good thriller horror type type movie. I'm going to give it an 8.5 and go higher than Nico. Okay.
2: I'll go really quick. My least favorite are all the same as you guys. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought the mood and atmosphere, as I'm so known to say on this show, it was perfect. I thought they captured that cold, wintry, mountain snow feeling and made it in, in, really eerie and really creepy. Uh, so job well done there. I think the acting picks up as the movie goes along and gets better, which, you know, like you know, like Dustin mentioned, some of the early dialogue is so-so. But again, I think it ratchets up, and, and it does a really good job of making me care about all three characters uh, really wanting me to see how their fate goes. And I think that's, man, that's the mark of a good movie right there. And there's some horrifying stuff. This is a horrifying scenario to be in for anybody. And then you throw in wolves, which again, like I've mentioned, I don't, you know, realistic or not, from a movie standpoint, it's terrifying when a pack of wolves walks up on you and you got nothing for it. You can't do anything about it. So just, again, I thought, everything was really really good it it, it overshot my expectations by a lot so I gave this movie a flat eight
4: well glad you guys did Um, as far as the kills here's the thing I don't know man like I said I wasn't convinced that was Lynch's body that we saw there at the end I thought it might have been damn because he got dragged off by the wolves I don't know but regardless let's say that is Lynch's it was off screen, so you naturally want to go with the other one. But the other one, while it did have the cool leg snap and everything, had to also the also had the goofy-ass Grand Theft Auto effect when he got wasted and landed on the ground. So I'm not going to – I don't know. The kills are kind of inconsequential. They don't make or break this movie. They're just a part of it. So decide for yourself. Uh, as far as my general thoughts in the writing look, it's a great premise. I mean, a great premise because things that can actually happen, make for the best storylines, in my opinion. And I hate the cold so much that I was interested immediately when I saw what the movie was about. Uh, the first few set of scenes though, they almost lost me. The subpar acting and the painfully generic characters and dialogue took me out of it a lot, but it redeemed itself in the second half. So while it's not my favorite movie, I definitely didn't hate it. um, I'd watch it again if it was on. I don't know that I would necessarily seek it out. So I give it a five and a quarter. And if you will bear with me here.
1: No, I agree with you, Dustin. I'm just going to name a couple more qualms that I have. Then you can do the cumulative. I agree with the following part. They shouldn't have slowed it down. Did that weird effect. I agree with that hundred percent. Just let them fall and not bring in your cell phone. I hated that. That was stupid. I would rather you at least have your phone and, Maybe you drop it because the chair like starts to, you know, like that bolt breaks or whatever, and you drop it. Or when the wind picks up, you drop it by accident. Like that would have been more plausible to me than just, oh, I don't ski with it. The
4: or, fuck. More, more plausible is just you don't get cell service because you're on top of a fucking mountain.
1: Yeah, or that. Yeah,
4: like but that's just actually, not bringing it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, but as far as our composite score, that puts us at a seven point four three seven five. IMDb has it at a six point two. With eighty thousand votes, heck yeah! Good review. I appreciate it, guys. Uh,
1: I think we were all somewhat favorable of it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, su- bro. I'm surprised Mike had never heard of it because it's like it's not easy picking a movie you haven't seen or heard of. So I never I'm, even heard of it. I'm proud of that one. Truthfully, never heard of it. <laughs> I'm glad I did though. Now that's a good one, buddy. Um, I'm gonna shout out our blood donors, Mike. And then you can announce your pick. I just want to thank all the fans too for giving us a pass for last week. Really didn't expect to get the Rona, but it snuck up on me. It kind of it threw my whole week off, so I appreciate the patience. Uh, let's shout out our blood donors. Camper level reoccurring Clayton J., Nina, Michelle Mirza, the Horror Movie Crew podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, Sean Irwin, my boy CJ, Christopher James, and Michael Evans. Camp counselor reoccurring Edwin Hernandez-Gunn, Joe Swinford, Adrian Aiello, Karen, Brian Samick, Andrew Ferguson, Matt Strickland, Brooke Maley and Thorn David Phillips really appreciate all of our blood donors. It means Absolutely. a lot to us. Uh, we know just like y'all do economy is tough right now. It's not easy just to support a content creator. So we really do appreciate it. Definitely. And that's your pick for later on this week.
2: Yeah. I felt like it was time to go back and do a little found footage. I feel like it's been a while. Uh, and it, Sometimes it can be one of my favorite genres, and sometimes it annoys the piss out of me. So I went with Hell House, LLC. This is the first movie of a trilogy, uh, and I wanted to pick the first one. where it, oh, See, there's four. I have not seen the fourth one, so there you go. Uh, it just it just uh, came out last year. Um, okay, that's why I haven't seen it. So I'll have to check that out for a little bit of context. But, yep, I picked it. I felt like it was time. Uh, it's been suggested to me a couple times that we do it, so I felt like you know now was a good time to go ahead and do a found footage flick. I'm looking forward to it. Or haunted house flick. I guess it could be either one. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
1: All right, guys, any final thoughts where we get out of here? Go check out our interview with Kathleen Kenmont. She's awesome. I love her. She's wonderful. One of my favorite people in horror that we've gotten to interview and meet in person. She's incredible. Uh, Appreciate y'all listening and y'all have a good one. We'll be back with hell house LLC. Next. Just want to remind everybody.